I reached out to 5,000 people to get five clients. So that's when I was leading with transactional. And number one A is relationships, because those won't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, like, so business, whatever, but real relationships and really caring about people and genuinely trying to help them. And, and it's not BS, it, it leads to endless greatness. And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post-socially distant era. The big question is this, how can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams. I'm your host, Manoj Agarwal, and today we are going to have an interesting conversation about PR and other things with Justin Breen. So Justin is a visionary PR entrepreneur, life-changing connector, best-selling author, EO Chicago, and uh, strategic coach. He's hardwired to seek out and create viral, thought-provoking stories that the media craves and loves to network with visionary entrepreneurs and executives who understand the value of investing in themselves and their businesses. Justin is a successful entrepreneur in the PR and communication industry. He helps businesses expand their reach, build their brand, and get noticed. He serves clients in several industries from education to finance to tourism, insurance, IT, law, and so on. And uh, there was a whole bunch of other industries <laughs> that we didn't have a go, uh, time to go over. Um, and the names of the clients are equally impressive. Justin's clients have appeared in the New York Times, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, CNBC, US News, and World Report on air with Ryan Seacrest, Fox News, Cranes, New York, Forbes Magazine, Reuters, Billboard, Associated Press, Huffington Post, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, Houston Chronicle, and many, many more. Justin is also um, the author of number one international best-selling book named Epic Business. Welcome, Justin. Hey, what's up? There's the book. What a great intro. That was awesome. We can just great. stop now. All right, great. So, well, I mean, I'm just repeating what you have done. So, um, uh, so tell us how you got started. Uh, how did it all come about? How did you get into this PR industry? I'm what you call an accidental entrepreneur. I was a journalist for 20 years, created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. And uh, now I had my job salary cut in half, couldn't find a job, incorporated uh, while I was working full time at half salary, reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients in six weeks, and then got my fifth client, resigned from my full time job. And then uh, Robert Feeder, he's the top media columnist in the Midwest of the United States, did a story that I started my own firm. So that's uh, from February 10th, 2017 to about June 5th, 2017. That was the origin of my company. That's awesome. So uh, you reached out to 5,000 people. Like how how did that happen? Like, uh, I mean, was it, did you have 5,000 contacts or, you know? Oh, way people? more than that. Yeah. So because as a journalist, I had a giant network already. Um, 
uh, tens of thousands at the time. Now I have over 40,000, but, um, yeah. So I was just like reaching out saying, Hey, uh, basically help. Cause I didn't know what I was doing or what I was going to be doing. And, and, uh, so yeah, one out of a thousand, 999 no's for every yes. So, I mean, that's entrepreneur life, typical entrepreneur story and just keep grinding it out. And, you know, now I'm in this place where I'm, you know, sitting in my backyard enjoying my life and, you know, working with some of the best companies and people in the world and make as much money as I want to. But like the journey to get through that point, like that's why I'm here now, because like you get to that point and then you get to a place like this. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, uh, a lot of people uh, are entrepreneurs and uh, many of them have successful companies, um, but uh, some some of them have are just starting off. But um, what I've observed is a lot of people um, do understand the, the value of networking, but they, they really don't um, seem to understand how to go about building a network like yours or, you know, having all these connections uh, who, who are handy, you know, who, who uh, prove to be helpful in a time of crisis like this. So how yep. did you, you know, obviously because of your profession, uh, you came in contact with all these people, but somebody who's not a journalist, what kind of advice will you give them to build a network? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that because so I had a large network as a journalist, but that network compared to what it is now, it's just a totally different, it's just a different network. Um, and so I just, when I first started my company, I just started meeting with as many people as I could, whether it was on the phone, whether at the time, obviously it was in person, going to networking groups and just talking to as many people as I could, because when you do that, you find out who you, who your tribe is. You find out who you really don't like, you find out what you like to do, what you don't like to do. And then it just, it just evolves over the years. I mean, it's a process. And so, um, I'm what you call an ambivert. Um, so most of the time I'm an introvert, meaning like if you get me talking about, you know, what's on TV, I don't care. Like that's just a nonsensical question to me, but like you got me talking about this, I'll talk endlessly because I'm so passionate and none of this has worked to me. So, um, I can talk about entrepreneurship and getting people in news at a high level and connecting people on a global level all day. And that's what I found out just talking to so many people that that's really what I like to do and what I'm good at. That's amazing. And, and, um, what about all the contacts in the media? Because uh, that's another thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, obviously they, who doesn't want to be in the news and, and get the eyeballs on their story. How, how did you, um, build uh, these connections in, in a very uh, hard to get industry? So being a journalist for 20 years, I had tons, thousands and thousands of media contacts and journalists know the difference between a PR hack and, and a journalist who actually knows what they're doing. That's why my company's been successful um, from a journalistic perspective. Companies hire my firm because we actually know what a newsworthy story is as opposed to a typical bad press release. And then I have thousands of media contacts and I'm not going to waste you know, their time by sending them a bad story. So, you know, the, the key is though, it was a word you said early in this discussion is relationships is having real relationships with whoever it is. And that includes journalists, like journalists are people. Um, and so I have really good relationships with journalists. They're, you know, I consider them friends or, you know, value adds or, you know, good working relationships. And when that happens, everything, everybody wins. Yeah. I think uh, you 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 touch upon uh, touch upon a very important point here: relationships and value add. Um, because again, you know, um, 
some people are good at networking some people are good at making these connections but those connections just sit there or you know they they you know people get into this pitching um matches where you know i'm going to sell you this and you're going to sell me this and blah 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 but um that that takes you further away from developing a relationship isn't it yeah so i don't sell anything i don't even talk about what i do and some unless someone asks um so most of my day is talking to between 5 and 10 uh visionary entrepreneurs on a a global level most of them running high six figure to 10 figure businesses and we don't talk about unless they ask me what i do i don't we just talk about life and like transactional stuff people that lead with transactional that's they're they're just toxic cuz they're only thinking things in a transactional level mm-hmm. um all the relationships i have are actual relationships and partnerships and then the byproduct of that is is that my company has exploded beyond my wildest dreams but leading with transactional it doesn't even like i reached out to 5000 people to get five clients so that's when i was leading with transactional so If you'd like to have a 1 in a 1000 closing rate go for it. Um I I haven't done any outbound whatever you want to call it sales and my company's a little over 3 years old. So I haven't done any outbound anything in well well over a year if not 2 years cuz I'm just creating value for people by introing them to other great people on a global level and then the byproduct is people intro to me to people that want to hire my firm on a global level. It's pretty simple. Yeah, that's great. Uh now I want to point I uh, want to talk to you about a story, a very interesting story um about McDonald's uh, <laughs> responding to your tweet or uh, re- reply to their tweet or whatever. Can you tell us a story about like how did it come about? What happened there? Yeah, sure. So this is in my book, but uh this is the this is the coolest thing that's happened company-wise or entrepreneur-wise since I've started my business in uh in 2017. So I like McDonald's. I I mean I work out every day, but I like McDonald's. So <laughs> my favorite meal had been the number 2 extra value meal, which is the two cheeseburger meal. Some people are nodding their heads right now or and other people are like what's going on here? But so one day I went in there and uh they took it off the menu and I'm like what what's going on here? So I at at the time I had about 11,000 followers on Twitter, so I tweeted a to McDonald's to go how could you do this like as a joke right mm-hmm. so i forgot about it 6 months later they responded to the tweet saying hey we heard your complaint we put it back on the menu and so i'm like oh that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so i screen grabbed that um and then posted it to my 40,000 plus followers on social media people went crazy and then one of the people's on there's like hey congratulations and my client wants to work with you and that led to a five figure contract so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know social media it's funny but it's also very uh it's like it can be a gold mine too yeah yeah it's very interesting you say that because every time i find a food i like uh, you know generally it gets just they take it off the menu <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how it happens right it's too bad but you know what then complain about it on twitter and look at what can happen if that if you do that yeah all right so Uh, let's get back to networking because i think uh, you have wealth of uh, knowledge there um now when you talk to people uh, you know 5000 people obviously they come from different backgrounds different nationalities uh, different life experiences even different ages different everything how do you how do you connect with such a diverse set of um uh, people and 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 able to 
you know, have a similar type of conversation, have uh, develop a similar type of relationship with, with such diverse set of people. So as a journalist, I did tens of thousands of stories. Um, and so growing up, I was pretty shy, actually. Um, and I think journalism helped me actually learn how to talk to people or communicate. And so I'm just really naturally curious. And I really just enjoy learning about super interesting people. And there's been there's one commonality. And I've interviewed and talked to some of multi-billionaires and then homeless, some of the poorest people on the planet. So there's one commonality in terms of someone who's successful, and that's uh, they had at least one person that that cared about them in some way, whether it's a mentor, a family member, whatever. But but I just like talking to people and learning about them. And, um, you know, just someone can say something totally obscure in Australia and then I'll be like, oh, I know someone in Toronto that thinks like that and I'll just connect them. And then a week later, they're like, how did you know how to do that? Uh, we're like doing business together or we're good friends now or we're starting this thing together. I'm like, I don't know. I just know how to do it. It's in my, it's in my head. I don't write anything down. Mm -hmm. So like, I think, I think why my company has been successful and why I really enjoy my life is I just do what I like to do and what I'm good at and totally focused on those things. And then everything else just kind of, fades away so yeah, yeah, yeah that's great and you 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 brought up uh, stories um and i believe um you know as humans our brains are wired to uh to listen to these stories remember these stories because there's yes. a lot of emotion embedded in these stories um will you agree with that people don't care about what you do they care about who you are but if they do care about who you are they will care about what you do so no. Again, so as 20 years as a journalist, you get these press releases that are totally useless because they're only talking about what someone's doing. It's not about who they are. And so you're inundated with these nonsensical, waste of time press releases. And, that, you know, my firm creates actual newsworthy stories about people and what they, who they are, and then also what they do. So everybody wins, like I said. So um, can you share a little bit more about uh, this art of story writing? Because, you know, everybody... Everybody uh, understands, okay, you know, stories are good. They all have stories. You know, we, I mean, life is a, a, a constant unfolding of different stories, different experiences, uh, yet uh, somehow, uh, you know, it, it, is a, it is a lost art. People just don't know how to tell these stories. So can you share a few uh, thoughts about that? Yeah, so I have a, you know, that's one of my superpowers. I can talk to someone for an hour and 55 minutes will be totally useless to what anyone cares about. But in five minutes, I'll be like, oh, bing. Like my brain just immediately like dings. And so as a journalist, I'd write two to three stories on deadline every single day. And um, you can just, you know, I wrote my book in 43 days. It's not hard. But, you know, most people actually don't think they, they don't think they have a story, but everyone pretty much does. Um, what they overcame in life, you know, their family, something quirky or interesting about them. And that's what people really care about. And then when they care about that, they will care about you created this amazing company or, you you know, you're doing this awesome thing or you launched a nonprofit or something like that. So, it, but the key is that it's a, it's like reverse engineering. It's like, it's like with business leading with transactionals, the opposite of what, and based on my experience, you know, the right thing to do. It's leading with real relationships byproduct is business growth. And so stories is hearing about people, then what they do, not what they do and instead of who they are.
that's true that's true so um uh now uh, let's talk about uh, you know how this networking talking to so many people has actually helped you because <laughs> i believe um you know once you learn different perspectives once you learn about uh, you know everybody's uh, journey everybody's story it actually gives you a different perspective as well isn't it most of my so i live near chicago most of my conversations are outside the us uh, i love a global perspective and um it's really fast i was talking to this guy in norway yesterday and he's um serial entrepreneur had had a successful business crashed uh now he's helping entrepreneurs with mental health and so he just randomly reached out to me he saw what i was doing and you know and he wanted to connect and um it's so great talking to people like that all day because um they're thinking on a they're visionaries they're thinking on a level up here most folks are thinking down here they they want you to land the plane but visionaries are they're floating around up here and when you talk to people who are visionaries flying around they just have this amazing perspective on life and thinking about things and and looking at things in abundance and joy and an investment and um it's really it really it it just gets rid of all the clutter and you just focus on like all these great people who are doing great things and and since covid those folks they don't they're not looking at cost or scarcity they're just investing and pivoting like nuts right now so the greatest opportunity ever for them yeah yeah so uh, you talked about abundance mentality and um, you know uh, sharing uh, and helping people um, which builds relationships which uh, which contributes towards uh, uh, growth for everyone involved um, how, how what do you think is um, the biggest roadblock why people cannot actually adapt adapt that mentality at 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 mass why uh, why do people mostly focus on their self interest So I'm going to say something here. That's the single best question someone's asked me and I've done so many podcasts since the book came out or interviews. That's the number one question by far. No one's ever asked that and I'm so glad you did that. I have no idea it frustrates frustrates me to no end why people are not thinking like this more. How I can answer that is that i think so many people are miserable in their lives or their jobs is that they don't find out what they like to do and what they're good at yeah. and if they do they don't actually do anything about it so it's square peg and round hole or i was not square peg and round hole that was my hands hitting each other but if they don't they don't find out what their their unique abilities they don't find out their superpowers so like they're not living in that so they're not in abundance they're battling against themselves so because of the journey i went through i found out what i'm good at and what i like to do and so i work exactly 0 hours every week none of this is work for me at all i just enjoy it and it's just fun so i think that i hope that answers your question i'm just really glad you asked it because i think that's the whole key to life right there about yeah. everything yeah you know you're absolutely right like I always say self awareness is is the number one thing that you should uh, focus on yep, because number one yeah unless you know where you're starting off uh, you know the destination is is going to be very uh, very difficult to find and number 1a is relationships because those won't go anywhere 
Um, like, so business, whatever, but real relationships and really caring about people and genuinely trying to help them. And, and it's not BS that it leads to endless greatness coming back to you. That's awesome. Let's take a quick break for an important message from the bootstrapping your dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community, which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Now let's uh, talk about the media relations industry. Like, you know, a lot of people are fascinated by it and, uh, uh, you know, nobody really understands how this all works. Um, So uh, can you take us behind the scenes and and tell us, you know, what actually happened? How do these journalists, how do these uh, uh, TV producers, TV hosts, they pick their guests and like, what is this whole thing all about? Relationships. (laughs) So, um, Journalists, again, most high-level entrepreneurs, they see a problem, they create a solution to that problem, and problem solve, business successful. So that's what my business did. Saw a problem with annoying press releases, created a solution to that problem, problem solve, successful business. So um, me and my firm, we have great relationships with journalists that have been built over the years. Journalists are people. They work on deadline every day for usually for little pay under enormous stress and pressure. And I understand that. And the other thing that people don't understand is that it's a process. Like um, I could pitch a story to 20 outlets literally this second and anecdotally two or three probably do it within the first couple of weeks, but most of them will squirrel it away for two months, three months, maybe even longer. It's just, it just takes time. Me personally, I'm the anomaly even for journalists because when I said I would just do a story, it would just get done. It would just get done that day or the next day at the latest. But most people and most journalists are not like that. It just takes time. And then the other thing is like you could pitch an out, uh, uh, you know, a story to, a, a let's say, a, a TV station. You might not hear from them for two months. And then on a Sunday night, they'll be like, hey, can you get your client on? Monday morning at six, and you better do it. That's just how it is. They, 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 the journalists kind of squirrel it away or the assignment editors squirrel it away. And again, like you just, you summed it up. Most people don't understand this. And why would they one? Why would they want to, they would just hire an expert to do that. Like this is, this is all I really know how to do is I just hire people or, you know, contract people to do everything else. Cause I'm not good at that. That's why I know my skill sets and I know what I'm really terrible at. So that's why people hire experts to do that. So it seems like, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with work ethic and sort of, again, realizing your own strengths and weaknesses and, and being okay with it. Because I, I believe a yes. lot of people, um, they try to cover up their weaknesses somehow or the other, right? They try to be everything for everyone. And mm-hmm. um, so, and I say this and people laugh, but like, it's kind of a joke, but I'm really serious too. So like, in terms of connecting people on a global level and getting people in, in news at a high level, global level, there are very few people in the world that are better at it than I am. Um, I'm really, really good dad, average above average husband, and I'm useless to society besides that. Like I have no other skills, but I know that about myself. And so some people think that comes across as arrogant. It's actually the opposite of arrogance. I am terrible at almost everything. 
-hmm. Now, arrogant people think they're good at everything and they try to be everything for everyone. And that's mm -hmm. recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and now, uh, let me ask you, how is TV world different than print world? Completely different. <laughs> man, oh man, that's a... That's a really good question too. Um, most of my background is in print. Um, the site I was at before I started this was a digital only news site, mm -hmm. um, which was really cutting edge at the time where reporters were taking their own uh, photos, they were taking their own uh, videos and things like that. Um, but specifically print and TV, uh, totally different news cycles, uh, TV much more quick hitting like a a three to five minute interview on TV is crazy long. Where in journalism, you could talk, or in uh, in print, you could talk to someone for an hour and have like a three thousand, four thousand word story. So, um, TV is much more hectic. Like I said before, you could not hear from a TV station for two months, and then on a Sunday night, they're like, "Hey, a guest canceled. We need somebody on. Can you get your one of your clients on immediately or the next day?" Um, newspapers a little more, a little more streamlined than that, but. But essentially, it's the same. They need content. Firms like mine supply supply outlets with content. And and um, what's been really interesting from this end is journalists are actually they're actually thanking me. They're actually nice because they're like, oh wow, you're you're giving us stuff that's actually worth our time and that's helping us, um, not doing our job for us, but helping us start it in the process. So it's again, it's a win-win for everyone. Clients happy, journalists happy, my firm's happy. And so it's, it's all, and the public's happy because they get these good stories too. That's great. That's great. And now uh, uh, let's uh, take the conversation in a different direction. You have worked with um, you know a lot of startups, solopreneurs, and also large corporations. So, yeah. um, and we have a mix of those uh, in our audience as well. What what are the differences between you know how will you approach uh, somebody who wants to get a PR but they have smaller budget because obviously you know they're just starting off or they are a startup or whatever versus a large corporation uh what are the some of the differences and similarities you find in their approaches so um the way i talk and the way my firm is it's like a magnet it attracts right people with right mindset abundance invest investment uh positive mindset and very actively repels cost scarcity mindset which is fine because my tribe is the people that are dominating right now, investing right now, and then they're setting themselves up for huge success now and in the future. So um, if someone asks me, what do you cost or charge within the first five or 10 minutes, that's an immediate disqualifier because they're just looking at things in a transactional way. So that doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur or if you're one of the biggest companies in the world. Mm -hmm. How my firm works with all sorts of sizes of businesses, um, a lot of the larger mid-sized to bigger companies are longer term clients where it's, you know, one story a month that my firm does for like six months or 12 months. Mm -hmm. um, and then the smaller companies, startups or solopreneurs or book authors, it, it's usually for lack of a better term, a project where it's uh, one story and then pitching that to media for three months because of what I said before, when you pitch it to 20 outlets right now, most of them will scroll it away for two or three months. It just takes that amount of time. So, the process for what my company does is exactly the same, no matter where the business is, what it does, how big it is. But the length of contracts and number of stories can differ, you know, depending on how big the company is, what their budget is, all that kind of stuff. I see, I see. And uh, what about international outlets? Do they work similarly um, as they do in North America or is there any difference? 
No, there's no, there's no difference because um, here's why, because journalists are high fact finders. They're for the, like, if you're not a curious fact finding person, I don't, if you go into journalism, I don't know why you're like, that doesn't make any sense. So um, journalists work, they're kind of, they're kind of like entrepreneurs because they're just, a, they're like wired differently than, than most people. And so if a journalist doesn't know who you are, they'll most likely do a deep dive in terms of like, oh, this person was a journalist for 20 years and they actually know what they're doing and that kind of thing. So the, the journalists are the same really no matter where they are or you know how big the outlet is and that kind of thing. They're just naturally curious and, and they want to work with and partner with people that actually respect and appreciate who journalists are and what they do. I see. And um, earlier you talked about visionaries and people, you know, who uh, who look at it, uh, who look at the the world a little bit differently. So, can you share some of the common traits of uh, these visionaries? Uh, how do they, you know, how do they, how do they differ in their outlook uh, as compared to other folks? They don't look at things in transactional ways. They don't ask what do you cost or what do you charge. They never even lead with that. They they have conversations like they're having now real interesting fun conversations uh they if they have families they're super focused on their families it when they talk they're talking in the present but also like oh hey this is going to happen two to three years from now so like i'll give you an example so like when covid started in in the u.s specifically you know in february march i'm like this is going to be for a lot of people, the greatest opportunity ever because new businesses are going to start. People are going to pivot like never before. Uh, new opportunities are going to be creative. And most of my followers are like me, so they were super excited. But there were a couple of people like, hey, that's, that's, that's not true at all. And so it's just a different way of looking at life. Um, you know, it's a different, different way of thinking. Um, I, my brain has certainly evolved since owning a business and then interacting with all these amazing people, you just kind of rise with them. And, um, and uh, it's, it's really fun just talking to people like that because they just have such an appreciation for life and building something really cool. And then being with their families all the time and enjoying things and, um, and then envisioning things two to three to five to even 10 to 20 years from now, how things are going to develop and evolve. That's great. And you brought up COVID and, uh, you know, we know we are going through a um, uh, unprecedented uh, experience at a global level yeah. and, uh, you know, with social distancing and all that, uh, how do you think business uh, landscape will change and uh, how will, um, how will the sort of the online world uh, or importance of the online presence will change because of all this? A couple ways to answer that. I, I strongly feel, and I thought this before COVID, but I really feel it now that there'll be more companies with my business model, my company's business model, where high price point, low overhead, you essentially leverage your network on a global level to create endless opportunities for your network and yourself, and then you're easily able to pivot. So there's no need for office. There's no need There's no need for employees per se. There's no need to have all these different, you know, tech things or products you just you know and then you do what you like to do and what you're good at so you're starting to see that already um obviously virtual employees you're going to see a lot more of that and what will be very interesting in the next six months is when if and when some companies ask their employees to come back 
what the what that will lead to whether employees are like i'm not dealing with this i'll just go somewhere else where i don't have to deal with this um and so the other thing that's super interesting right now is these ivory hour ivory tower institutions that have just basically been raking in money for centuries doing the same thing over and over so that's law religion i consider a business in this case higher education they are in serious trouble if they do not figure it out and pivot and and they're trying they're definitely trying to do that mm-hmm. and a lot of the clients i've signed are like higher ed companies trying to help higher ed institutions figure it out um, or or entrepreneurs who happen to be lawyers who are trying to help law figure it out um, but if those ivory tower institutions which have gotten away with just you know doing whatever they've wanted to for centuries they don't figure it out they're gonna go away like who's gonna pay to send their children to you know go to zoom university for 40 50 you know k a year they're not gonna do that so um we'll see it, it and it's making everyone think like an entrepreneur now everyone so figure it out so it seems like you're saying like uh we'll have uh, more virtual work done and remote work done uh, what about uh, like brick and mortar uh, businesses uh what 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 is your advice to to somebody who is running a store or you know um something that is not that is you know that needs a physical component what kind of advice will you give them yeah that's a difficult question for me to answer um but what i will say is just give your employees as much freedom as possible i mean there's obviously going to be companies that need manufacturing space or where people need to congregate to eat or you know a toy stores you know whatever you know and maybe toy stores a bad example because that could be virtual but um you know treat your employees with respect and um understand that if you don't they will have options to work in a virtual way or in some other place where they're going to be more valued so yeah that's great well thank you so much for being with us uh, this was a very interesting conversation and uh you uh, peel off the curtain a little bit behind, uh, you know from this uh, pr industry which is very fascinating uh, so thanks a lot for being with us uh, now before i let you go um, can you tell us how people can reach out to you sure so i'm the outlier of outliers most people give their websites but uh, just find me on linkedin justin breen on linkedin and uh, you can find out how to get my book there and all that stuff and i'll definitely respond I'm, i spend a lot of time on linkedin and i basically use it as a commercial for other people so I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. That was a very fast 33 minutes talking. So, wow, that was that was great and can't wait to see the responses from this. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all for now. Until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one. You have to take action. So if you are an action taker, we want to talk to you. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. If you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you right here and subscribe now to get our new content.